Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the Fightful AEW All Out Recap Show. I am Mr. Warren Hayes, sitting in for Sean Ross Sapp, who is in Chicago right now, who has seen the whole thing live, who is, who is spending every waking moment looking for content to bring back to you, fellow faithful, Fightful viewers. That's a mouthful to say right there. They should teach you that in broadcasting school. Uh, like I said, I'm Mr. Warren Hayes, and it's a pleasure to be here with you, and we hope that you guys had a great time watching, uh, had a great time watching All Out this evening, and that we're going, and that you're going to enjoy hanging out with me and one gentleman named Jeff Hawkins. Jeff, how are you doing? Uh, doing well. Um, yeah, it, it's funny. I'm filling in for whoever the other guy would be on these usual podcasts, probably. If you're you. filling in for Sean. It's oh, it's me? You. Okay. Sure. Mm. You're, you, mm. you can't fill in for yourself. That, that's not how it works. Mm. Guys and gals, if you are uh, watching us for the first time, well, Fightful is a fantastic place if you want to, to learn more about combat sports news, whether it be wrestling or boxing or MMA, you head on over to Fightful.com, you check that out. There's all sorts of news and exclusives. Sean has been putting out a lot of those recently, got a bunch of interviews over uh, SummerSlam weekend that he's still rolling out very, very slowly. He's got all sorts of fantastic stuff up there. And, and of course, if you want even more of this wrestling content that we speak of, then you can head on over to Fightful Select, where then you get you, you can become a member and then get an extra bunch of fantastic content, more podcasts, more uh, sneak peeks into articles that we're, that, we're, uh, that we're preparing, writing. It's all for you there on Fightful Select. You can go check that out. And... You know, if you support us through Fightful Select, then you can ensure that uh, that um, Jeff's face uh, doesn't suddenly become really small within the screen. What are you doing? I don't know what I'm doing. That's the thing. <laughs> There's so much stuff. I mean, I wish this this kind of stuff came with a came with the manual, but it's all fixed now. And we are going to start talking about AEW All Out. You know, a year ago, Jeff, we were talking. We weren't talking about. All out. We weren't even talking about AEW at this point, but there, we were talking about All In, which would eventually, of course, lead to AEW. That's where all the rumors started. That's where everyone was sort of 
thinking that this was going to be something legitimate that was going to happen, right? And it's crazy when you think about where we were last year with All In and how much everything has changed since then, since that event. Yeah, All In was starred, for those who don't know, um, as a bet between Dave Meltzer and Cody Rhodes and the Bucks, basically. Mostly Cody, I think. Um, that they couldn't put on a show of their own and sell out an arena. And it turned out they could. And the first all-in was really kind of a celebration of wrestling. Because you had agreements from... I mean, you had talent from New Japan. You had talent from TNA and ROH. You had the production team of ROH working behind it. It seemed like a very cohesive celebration one-off type thing and much like everything else then money became involved (laughs) and uh and and now we have we're on the dawn of a new wrestling federation on national television um we have a champion we have a tag team champions and we have a match set up for the women's championship so um but we do no longer have ROH. We no longer have New Japan talent. We no longer have TNA talent able to work these shows. So everything's kind of become bigger yet more constricted at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy when you do think about it. like because that's what it, that's what it was essentially it was a, a it was like you said a celebration of wrestling and the pe- there were a, there were a lot of people on that card who haven't been picked up or signed. Uh, by or AEW, can't be. or can't be, because uh, we did have um, we we did have Joey Ryan who did show up on on the card last year. Rey Mysterio was there, and, it, and that's just completely wild uh, when you consider it these days. Like you said, you know, Kasuchika Okada was there. Marty Skrull, who's with Ring of Honor, uh, J- Jordan Grace. Uh... The, Ethan Page, Brian Cage, Chelsea Green, the Briscoes, Green, Tessa Blanchard, Matt Cross, though. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to follow up on that. <laughs> um, so there we go. So so it's really interesting just how everything's changed since then, and now it leads us into tonight into this event. Started with the buy-in. Where we had the the uh, women's casino battle royal again doing the concept of the four suits of a deck of cards, five groups of uh, four excuse me four groups of five women coming to uh, coming to the ring, uh, and uh, they were I'm not going to necessarily run down everything that happened because it was you know it's a battle royal after all, bit of a cluster on top of that, but. There was uh, it, Nyla Rose, Leva Bates. Uh, uh, is it Fabi Apache or Fa- I think it's Fabi? How it's pronounced? Priscilla Kelly, Chandra Royal, Penelope Ford, Shazza McKenzie, Big Swole, Britt Baker, Sadie Gibbs, Tennille Dashwood, which was kind of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Eva Lise, B. B. Priestley, Brandy Rhodes, Awesome Kong, All Ali, excuse me, Nicole Savoy. Teal Piper, Jazz, and <laughs> ODB, which I I got, I got a kick out of, and the Joker number twenty one, Mercedes Martinez, Jeff. I was I was kind of happy to see that. 
I thought she'd be here, but I didn't think uh, I didn't think they'd make her the Joker. I thought someone. Uh, actually, I thought Kylie Ray was Kyrie Ray was going to be the Joker, but it appears she may be done with wrestling altogether. If mm-hmm. rumors are true, mm-hmm. um, which is sad. Yes. Or I thought, or I thought it would be a throwback name. Um, who wouldn't win? I didn't think it would be Mar- Mercedes Martinez, but I thought she'd be in here. Um, if I'm AEW, I sign Mercedes. Her last three years have been spectacular. Yep. She was doing great work for NXT after the Mae Young Classic. I have no idea why they just didn't decide to sign her then to at least train, but I get that she's a little older. But um, a few years ago, I saw a match with her and Tony Storm and Rise that was just absolutely outstanding. Oh, she's fantastic. Um, she's fantastic. The the other one I would sign on 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 the spot right now is uh, Nicole Savoy, who is absolutely fantastic as well. And I, I tell this story a lot. One of my first first all women show. I mean, I've seen women's wrestling and, and things like that, but live it was at a mania, and it was a trifecta, which was Mercedes Martinez, Nicole Savoy, and um, Shayna Baszler as a stable. And Nicole Savoy was injured at the time, but she was still the mouthpiece. She just has swag, and th- you need more swag in wrestling. You need people who can talk a little junk in wrestling, and. And she's awesome. She's an awesome wrestler. So I would sign Nicole Savoy. She didn't get to do anything in this match, which kind of shocked me. But then again, nobody really got to do too much. And when you got to do stuff, the camera tended to miss it anyways. I couldn't believe the camera missed Mercedes Martinez's entrance That's... for the most part. I, I just – there was a lot to be desired in this match in my opinion. I don't want to degrade anybody individually at all. It was just – it was very sloppy. I think – the Casino Battle Royale style doesn't lend itself to entrances being special Mm-mm. at all. Um, I think they need to just introduce each person individually of the five that they're sending down there instead of sending them down as a pack because then everybody's just kind of plain. But um, we got through it, and uh, Nyla Rose is your uh, contender. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know we were talking about this if, uh, via DMs. You know what we were trying to figure out. Well, I, I basically come out came out to you and I said, "This is bad." Is this bad, <laughs> and you concurred. It was. It was. And I said yes. It wasn't good. Uh, and the the main problem that I have with this with, with the uh, with this iteration of the of the battle royal because it's the second time we see it is that you brought they brought in all of this female talent. And the better part of them didn't get to do anything in the ring. Not only that, they <laughs> took the time to hype the arrival of Jazz and Teal Piper. And Jazz was effectively eliminated. I didn't see her do anything. And Teal Piper did the finger poke, did the, uh, basically did the homage to her father and then got tossed out. And then again, not even sure she was tossed out over the top rope. Right. No. Um, if you remember the all-in Battle Royale, everybody got a chance to shine there, especially Jordan Grace. Um, when when WWE does these women's Battle Royals, as they did with the Royal Rumble, they take all the women away for a weekend or before the match happens, and they plot out, you know, okay, here's the spots, here's where everybody's going to look good, and here's where you're eliminated. This felt like a mess to me. This just felt like an absolute mess. You know, you had a couple spots here and there, but nobody really got to look good other than Nyla 
uh, other than the people who were signed, basically. Right. Nyland, uh, Awesome Kong, and for the most part. And other, other than Mercedes Martinez, who made it to the final five. You know, she, right. she's oh, the, and Brit. Uh, yes, exactly. Like, she's the only one who wasn't uh, who wasn't signed and who made it to the final five. And actually, our final four were Brit, uh, Nyla Rose, Bea Pris, uh, and Bea Pris. She was, no, actually, Mar- uh, Mercedes was in the final four. And mm-hmm. um, uh, Brit. Sadie Gibbs? Uh, or was she fifth? She was the fifth. Okay. Because the only spot that really bugged me in this entire battle royale was the no-selling of the uh, of the slam and her and B. Priestley immediately getting up and doing the uh, 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 skin the cat spot. I just was like, really, we're going to no-sell that? That was just a poor, poor judgment on whoever agented that, I think. Britt eliminated uh, Martinez, and the uh, the smaller women then tried to dump Rose over, but she she hits like a cartwheel kick from the apron uh, on them both. Uh, but uh, Britt hits a Canadian destroyer on uh, Priestley. She tries to get her over, but B is B's dead. She, she's dead weight. She can't get her over. Um, and essentially, uh, Priestley gets eliminated by by uh, by Britt. But she holds on to Baker's leg so that Nia can dump her over. Um, and like you said, Nyla Rose is uh, is going to be uh, contending for the AEW championship. I will say that I'm glad that if there's anything else that comes out of this is that B. Priestley and Britt Baker have a legitimate feud going on. And to be honest, I'm I'm okay with that. That's a feud I can get behind. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Uh, I guess Tennille Dashwood is not under contract with TNA, so she could make this appearance right now. She's just kind of working with them on a special deal. So be interested to see where she goes. I could see her fitting in in this division as well. It just depends how many women they want to sign and what the vision for it is, whether it's going to be Joshi heavy or American indie women heavy. Next match that we had on the in the second and last match we had on the pre-show was Private Party versus Jack Evans and Angelico. There's some nice exchanges at first between them both with a lot of athleticism. Uh, Quinn's glasses <laughs> get kicked off by uh, by Evans. I like this spot, you know, because at first I'm like, you know, Quinn is like, he, he looked like Dennis Rodman with the with the glasses, like a modern day Dennis Rodman. But the glasses got kicked off uh, of his face and Evans just kicked them off. And he took he took exception to that because wrestlers don't like it when other wrestlers mess with their gear. Um, Evans uh, hits a nice uh, Samoan drop, a double stomp. Isaiah Cassidy, who looked fantastic in this match, had a great sequence with his hot tag. Had a springboard drop kick. He dumped uh, onto Angelico with uh, Hurricane Rada, then a, uh, a Cape Rana as well. It was really, really good. I love their camel clutch with the uh, leapfrog stomp to the back of the head. Uh, also really liked, uh, the, uh, Angelico and, uh, Evans doing a Muda lock into a PK that, that always looks, uh, it looks brutal. The match started, uh, came to a, started coming to a close when, um, the, uh, when private party hit a poison Rana from the top rope and then a poison Rana and then a head scissors into a cutter for the win. I really liked the ending of this match. It was fast. It was good. It didn't overstay its welcome. Plus, we ended up with a heel turn at the end and a, a nice, clear line in the sand heel turn by Evans and Angelico. Jeff, what did you think? Private Party definitely has potential. It, it You can definitely see what they have in them. They're still very, very rough in many ways. Um, Jack Evans is a god among men. 
Um, as, as usual, he did almost all of the heavy lifting for that team in this match. Mm-hmm. I was kind of stunned by how little Angelico did other than stand there with kind of looking out of it and catch people, which is important when you got guys who do flips and stuff. But I, I was just amazed that he, he didn't really, other than the kick, yeah, you never really got to see him do any offense, which I was kind of surprised about. And, and it's also kind of surprising to me because I thought out of the two, out of the two young teams versus veteran teams on this card, I thought this would be the one where the young team lost, but they gained a lot in losing, as opposed to the other match, which was SCU versus uh, the Jurassic Boys or whatever the heck they're calling them over there. Um, little surprise, Private Party won here, but um, I liked putting new teams over. I liked the heel turn afterwards. I was kind of wondering why they were doing a curtain call at the end of that match because it was good, but it wasn't uh, wasn't getting a standing ovation per se. Um, yeah, the end sequence was a little rough. Um, no need to call it out on commentary, but they did. Um, <laughs> and commentary is going to be a beef with me all night because Jr. was terrible. I'm going to say it. He was terrible. Well, why don't we get that out of the way right get now, off. Jeff? Let's let's talk about it. I think before moving on to the main card, because we did have we did have Excalibur and the premiere, like the official premiere of Golden Boy as an official uh, um, uh, AEW employee. He had he basically worked himself into a job by yes, he, because Alex Marvez wasn't very good. Oh, but he, the fact is, yeah, the fact is, Golden Boy was. He didn't take away from the product, which is a positive, but he didn't necessarily add anything either all the way. So so I'm still I, – I thought he was fine. JR needs to go, and he needs to go now. Um, he is actively detracting from this by complaining about the lengths of matches, by making snide remarks throughout the matches. All he has to do is watch what's on his monitor and say what's happening. And he can't. He has to opine on things. Somebody said at, at the last pay-per-view, and I thought this was a good call, that he's acting like a talent relations guy exactly. when he's watching this as opposed to a commentator who's trying to put over a product. Tony Schiavone would be better in this because Tony Schiavone is far more and, – and this pains me to say it because Schiavone and Ross were one of my favorite teams when they were together mm-hmm. in the NWA and WCW. When, when Ross went to WWF – I stopped liking him because, you know, he, he got to be a bit too cartoonish. Now he's just – it feels oh, – I hate to say this because it sounds so mean. It feels like he's just collecting a check and saying snarky things about the town. Not only That's is, what it is. Not only is he collecting a check, but he's collecting the biggest check in the history of sports entertainment announcing, Jeff. So, of course, they're going to want to put him on air. But you're absolutely right. On the last pay-per-view, there was – when when uh, the Dark Order went over, I remember, I distinctly remember Jr. saying, "Well, you know, you, they, you, they, they're a little, you know, they need a little work. They're not quite there yet, but good for them for yeah. winning." And I'm like, "Jesus, this is the team that just that just won." And and God knows that Dark Order is having a hard enough time getting over. Doesn't stop being, yeah, stop being outside of the show. Mm-hmm. You're a part of the show. You're not commenting on the show. You're commenting the show. There's a difference in that. Um, Aaron's J fan sent us a super chat, by the way, folks. If you want to send us a super chat, we will read your question on air. 
such as what I'm going to do with Aaron J's fan who sent us a super chat and uh, asking the question, full gear name, which is going to be the next pay-per-view, yay or nay? I'm okay with it. It's fine. I, I don't even think they need names for pay-per-views right now. You don't need to market these things until you got yourselves up and running. It, it's, it's, uh, they're, they're, Warren, I think they're making some mistakes here. I think they're trying to run before they're even walking in a lot of ways. Too many shows, maybe too, like too many, uh, if, let, let, too many, trying to go for too many super shows, too many pay-per-views before actually having the, the TV Trying to uh, a little bit, a little bit. Let me much. let me ask you this: What's the AEW brand in terms of wrestling? Uh, because it feels like it wants to be all things to all people, mm-hmm. and I think that's a bit of a problem. I, I know that I know that it pleases this way; it pleases everybody, but at the same time, it also turns everybody off, depending on what uh, what you're doing at that time. So I'm. I, I, it's one of those things where it's like I don't need names of pay per views. Just say it's the AEW pay per view coming up, and I'll I'll watch it. I'm fine with that. You don't need to. You don't need to label it just yet. Find out what your find out what your company's identity is, and then go from there. I uh, I agree because for a time I thought they were going to be casino themed, uh, all about gambling. Same here. But anyway, we'll we'll see how it goes. TV starting in a couple of weeks, so maybe everything will fall into place, and maybe we're just maybe we lack the vision, Jeff. <laughs> maybe maybe. Um, let's move on to the main card then. Uh, SCU. Versus uh, one uh, one a a fun little match against uh, Luchasaurus Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. I laughed at the rumbling at first with the camera shake and the and the callback to the to the to the Tyrannosaurus thing from Jurassic Park. I have I have people who like it, and I have people who went, "Oh, it's just sports entertainment crap." <laughs> I don't know what to think of it. I'm I'm literally have no opinion of it because I can see both sides of both loving and hating it as a nice touch and not. I, I will say this though. Luchasaurus is a star. Oh my god. What are you doing beating him? I mean not him, but his team here. I, I get that Marco's there to take the falls. He's the runt. <laughs> but this team this team has so much so much juice right now with this crowd. They want them to succeed. They especially want Luke Perry's son to succeed. Yeah, um, and I would say that AEW Brass wants Luke Perry's uh, son to succeed as well. Um, I, and uh, what I like about it is that I think they're they, they're just they're just completely invested in the fact that this is this is cheesy. They, like they yeah. understand that this is wink wink to the audience that there's a whole level of land of the lost here. You know that it's just like. That's fine, and well, there's kitsch and there's cheesy, and and it's 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 straddling that line because, look, I don't need wrestling to be dead serious all the time. I don't, but then you get this becomes like like Vince McMahon wanting to make a movie out of out of SmackDown, so he's going to put like effects in there. You know, it's just <laughs> it's a it's a bridge too far for me sometimes, but. I'm also old and not necessarily the target demo for this product, so I kind of have to step back and take other people's opinion of it. <laughs> um, uh, Marco Stunt gets a well, I mean, uh, uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy get a great reaction, but when Marco Stunt comes out, he gets a really good reaction as well. I think he's uh, they're 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 onto something with this kid. He's got great energy. 
Um, let me let me ask you this before we move on because this is a bit of a spoiler, anyways. But do they have too many of these guys? I, I forget the guy, the name of the guy with no legs. But they have him. They have Marco Stunt. They have Jungle Boy. They have Luchasaurus. They have Orange Cassidy. They could have Joey Ryan if they wanted him. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then you have kind of guys a bit of a step, half a step up, like Darby Allen and Joey Janela and stuff. But these are kitschy guys do we have too many of those on the roster or or is this or is this just me not seeing that's a big full diversified roster i would say that there's i would say that there is a lack of and you know i don't want to start coming across and saying no they need to be more like wwe but they there there is missing some of the larger type wrestlers i think there is there there is a balance uh, there, there's lacking a balance right now. Okay. You know, I do think that there is a lot of lighter guys, which I'm okay with, and I, but I do think that they make up the majority of uh, of the show. Um, I, you know, I kind of do feel, I, I think that's why a guy like John Moxley, you know, works really well in the context because he does come across as very different. He, you know, he's aggressive. He's built. You know, he looks the part. Um, he feels tough. Yeah, exactly. Marco Stunt works because he doesn't feel the part. You know, that's okay. But I, but it's. I think it's, it's part of that. It, it's part of that wink, wink, nudge, nudge kind of thing. Hey, we we know you guys are in on this. So Marco Stunt, you get it, right? Um, whereas, whereas someone like like I said, like Moxley, he just looks legitimate. Yeah, Jungle Boy as he fills out. Um, and he matures as it, well. I mean, they made it mention of like this. He's, like he's twelve, you know. <laughs> well, he he has. I mean, look, he's he's not twelve, but <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, I know, as I he know. as he as he grows out of the Jungle Boy gimmick and becomes Jungle Man or whatever the hell he's going to become after that, Jack Jungle. He oh, <laughs> Ross Ross always having to call him Jack. Uh, yeah, real names, Ross. Way to buy in. But he has some real talent there. Yes. Um, and Luchasaurus is just, God, I, I, I want him as a singles now for some reason. I know that they're going to play this gimmick up for a while, but, uh, I like big guys doing bad things. So I really like Luchasaurus a lot. Um, so, uh, you know, there's a match that happened (laughs) here as well. Um, SEU is great. Yeah, SEU was fantastic. They, I, this is one. This was actually one of my favorite matches of the night because you know SCU does come out and you know they do their they do their sing along at first. The people are into it, and despite the fact that essentially SCU are supposed to be heels, they get a very uh, babyface reaction. But then again, Chris Daniels will take the microphone and he'll cut a very babyface promo. So everything more. So we were like, oh, babyfaces, babyfaces, but no. Uh, SCU at some point started to play uh, play more of a heel well, with, role in within, the match. Yeah, within within the realm of the match, they were the heels. Yes, um, I, uh, I I love <laughs> I loved how Marco Stunt got pissed when Daniels started to mock him doing the floss. <laughs> Why would anyone yeah, get pissed at that? I still thought it was funny. Um, there was a uh, there was a nice double hip toss onto a du- into a double sit out neck breaker by SCU on Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus man he got the hottest of all the hot tags and he just came in 
roundhouse kicking everyone. They gave him a standing ovation when he got tagged in. It was crazy how this. It's crazy how this guy was over. Um, he uh, he he hits a choke slam and a standing moonsault. Uh, look, this was this was really good. It did come to an end when uh, um, when SCU uh, well, um, actually um, Frankie Kazarian had both of the smaller guys in a pile driver, and Daniels hit the BME onto the pile driver for the win. Surprised? I'm surprised at the result of this match, Jeff. I, I was too. I was really surprised. Um, but I'm sure there's a story therein where I mean, we're, if, if Marco's taking the fall, that's fine. I, I think that kind of protects the other two. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And like, uh, I hadn't seen it that way, but you're right, Marco. Marco's in the group to to, to take the pinfalls. I really think the baby faces should have gone over here because um, they, the crowd really wanted yeah. it for a hot open. Yeah. Yes, and I agree that like I don't know how bulletproof they are. I really don't. And I think at some point they are going to need some wins because I don't think I would agree. I, because I don't think the gimmick will be able to carry them all that far. No, I would agree there. And, uh, you know, it might be that they're building to breaking off Jungle Boy and Lucha off of Marco, too. Could be. Next, we had surprisingly early on the car, card Kenny Omega versus Pac. There's a lot of stalemating that start this one off. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Pac uh, flipped out of a Kataro Crusher attempt. Uh, there's, uh, this, this kind of bugged me, Jeff, and I want to get your, your thoughts. I don't know if this is something that annoyed you too, but the guys were going for their, for lack of a better term, flippy spots early on, you know, uh, the rise of the Terminator was coming, came on really, really early in the match while, you know, you, there was no way that Pac was stunned enough to, 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 to take it. And same thing, Pac went for some dives out uh, to the outside and that kind of got to me. But I feel like it actually that it ended up telling part of the story as to why Kenny Omega lost. It did. I, I agree with you. I thought there was a lot that was lacking um, from beginning to end in this match because I thought they should have shot something to explain why Pac took this match. Mm-hmm. And they never really explained it. And they never let him cut a promo. And it, th- this match didn't have heat. It was th- – this is the <laughs> – this is preseason football to me. <laughs> this is two guys getting in a, in a ring and going, we're going to have an exhibition right now and try and win a match. It was a good match. Don't get me wrong. It was just, it was lacking, it, it was lacking stakes for me. Yeah. And I think that's why, that's why they did all those things in the beginning to get the crowd on their side. And I understand that. But as this match went on, I was just like, why does Pac really want to win this match other than he decided to sign for it yeah. type of thing? You, you, you'd think, you know, since he's so title hungry, he'd be like, yeah, I'll do it if you guys, if, if I get a title shot, if I get to be the next in line kind of thing. That, mm-hmm. Even just that would have been a little more, a little more interesting. I mean, even on the pre-show in, 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 the, uh, in the video vignette, it, it still had the Moxley stuff in there. They never even bothered to edit that stuff. Kenny hits uh, hits the uh, does eventually he hits a rise of the Terminator and damn well gives himself a concussion in the process. He just landed hard yeah. into the barricade. Uh, he gets back into the ring, hits a missile dropkick and a nice fisherman's buster. Uh, Pac rever- reverses his fortune with a DDT. He goes up top. Uh, Kenny rolls out of the way. Uh, so uh, instead of just doing maybe uh, maybe he was going for the black arrow or whatever. 
instead of just doing that, he just moonsaults to the floor and he crashes his knees into the barricade. Uh, between that and the attempted uh, suicide, or uh, not suicide, but the uh, uh, semi-concussion that uh, Kenny Omega took, and this would be something that we'd see a lot. People would be crashing into the barricades really, really easily. Was was the space a little a little tight, or is it just me? Um, <laughs> I don't know. For the for the kind of aerial stuff that people were doing, yes. For a normal wrestling show, no. No, but, I mean, maybe they just had to dial it back a bit. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, Omega and Pac have a uh, have a striking exchange at some point. Omega just unloads on him, but, but Pac just hits three or four elbow shots. And I was like, holy crap. He was just laying into him. Um, Kenny tries to go for the one-winged angel. Uh, but instead he goes with, uh, instead he, um, Pac gets a German with a bridge. He fights back also with a springboard cutter. Um, we get another, uh, they, they trade some strikes also. Omega, uh, V, v triggers Pac not once, but twice. There was a little poison Rana spot that was flubbed, but, uh, Pac slips out of the one winged angel with the brutalizer. And that puts Omega to sleep. And again, Jeff. I am a little surprised with the result here. I'm not as... I think the story of AEW will be telling about the rebuilding of Kenny Omega. And I think they're really trying to cool him down, you know, as he's a vice president. They didn't want to be seen as, oh, we're pushing the vice president to the title match and they're going to give him the title. No, they're going to cool him off right now and then they're going to build him back up, which I'm fine with. I'm happy when they flub the spot that they didn't go right back to it. Yeah. I thought that that was very, very, that was more professional than most wrestling matches the, 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 in this era. Um, but yeah, no, it was, a, it was a fun, fun match. I just wanted to know, I wanted Pac to be a little bit more evil Pac. Mm-hmm. Or is it, or is it Pac? Because they were doing it both ways also on the, on the broadcast, which is driving me nuts as well. well whatever, but, yeah, whatever I way wanted, Jim Ross was pronouncing it, it wasn't, th- that was, that was incorrect. It was I wanted, uh, I wanted the vicious, you know, king of the cruiserweights, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Pac a bit, you know, I, I wanted something to let me know that he's angry at Kenny Omega, be it a promo or be it style, but I didn't get that. So, it was a good match. Still, it, like, still a good match. It was a good match. It just lacked a little. It just lacked a little something. Do you mm-hmm. think? Because earlier this week, and just before we move on to the next match, earlier this week, right? Kenny Omega cut a brilliant promo on John Moxley on the fact that he was uh, that he was being taken. He was being sidelined. The kind of promo that everyone was got very excited about, saying that this is giving the feud, you know, extra legs. Uh, and now we're all the more excited to see uh, Omega versus Mox. But does this does this loss uh, hurt Kenny a little too much, especially in the context of this bigger feud? Eh, not horribly, but I was expecting him to lose to Moxley too. So, you know, if they're going to go on with that, they might they might have just have him beat Moxley the first time, which would be very interesting as well. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I didn't buy it on commentary that oh he's 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 distracted because he was just thinking about Moxley. I thought that was kind of lame at the end, trying to put the bow on that. And 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 
speaking of which, I really didn't like the the the, the story that commentary was trying to put uh, was trying to tell regarding Pog saying, "Oh, this is a young ma- a young man, a kid, excuse me, a kid who uh, just wants to get respectability. He wants, you know, that's all. He's trying to be respected." And then they said he was thirty two. Yeah, yeah, it's like, <laughs> and I'm just just because his former employer didn't think much of him doesn't mean that he is not currently quite respected within certain milieus. Mm-hmm. Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc and Joey Janela went at it in a oh, uh, wow. in a wild one. In a let's kill everybody <laughs> cracker barrel country fried steak jamboree. Now, I just want to point one thing out and I don't want to do I don't want to do the Oh, the, if WWE does Disney, W does this. Imagine, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm okay with everyone being okay that there is a match, a, a match that is sponsored by a company, a corporation. In this case, Cracker Barrel is a restaurant, I believe. Yes, it is. Imagine if WWE came out with the Skittles Hell in a Cell. Hell yeah. Can you imagine? Hell yes. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd be fine, especially if there's actually if it's actually raining Skittles. But can you imagine the reaction people would would get? And I'm not. You're I'm not, just. You're not your. You're not yourself when you're a Snickers. Hit somebody with a kendo stick and make them bleed. That's <laughs> that's what. <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm just happy that Cracker Barrel isn't looking at this and going. Well, we need to pull our sponsorship now, obviously, because these guys are absolutely—they they put this on the most unsafe match on the card. So, props to Cracker Barrel, a fine home-style dining type of restaurant that I enjoy hey, quite. Hey, a- hey, don't get into a read here, just like they did on commentary. Um, so, uh, Havoc immediately, uh, as the match starts, goes under the ring to get some chairs, some uh, table. And a staple gun, Jeff, and he starts stapling himself because he's hardcore. Oh, JR was was incorrigible during this entire match. Like he just he he does not like hardcore wrestling. You and couldn't tell. And you could tell. <laughs> it, it just bled through this entire match. Especially the thumbtacks in the mouth. Yeah, yeah, but it, I mean, I had a, I had just a little problem with the spot because I found it, it was it was just a little too long to set up, you know, with the tape and yeah, you know, I, I I get it, I get it, you know, but it, but I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that when you think about it, and if I were to tell someone about it, they'd be like, oh wow, okay, that's nuts. But when you see it, it's like, mm, Darby Allen's pulling out the pulling out the tape with his teeth, and he can't quite get it on, and mm, we got to spin it around a couple of times and. But, you know. Yeah, it's it's just there's too much setting up of stuff yes. in these things. I, I understand why a lot of people don't like it. I've I've lived through ECW, and this is just kind of highly stylized ECW instead of hitting people with stuff. But I, I get it. Um, <laughs> let me let me jump forward real quick. The moment of the match was Janella going up to the top rope and just decided to throw a dive out there when nobody was around. <laughs> I friggin' howled. You geek, what are you doing, you dope? <laughs> you should look back there to see if anybody's back. There. I I howled at that. He, that was he hilarious. Just, yeah, he just he just leapt. Um, but yeah, there was there was some some wrestling here. Um, there was a there was a moonsault uh, off the turn the top turnbuckle by 
Allen onto Havoc while he was still taped to the chair, which was pretty nice. Um, Janelle hit an Emerald Frosian as well on the apron. Uh, and uh, he found a tennis racket for a sight gag. Oh, yeah. A little shout out to old Jim Cornette. There you go. Um, uh, uh, Which was the whole point. The whole point was uh, was to get commentary to say, I don't know, what kind of guy would use a tennis racket? There you go. Because he's been trashing Janela of late. Exactly. Um, there was, uh, uh, he set up some tables, uh, he being Janela as well. Um, uh, Havoc spit some tacks into, uh, into Janela's face as well. Um, they fight in the ring and Havoc goes right in. He lays into Janela with some vicious, vicious paper cuts. <laughs> uh, he, uh, and, and then he monkey flips, uh, Janela who's seated on a chair. And Janela lands <laughs> seated on the chair. And the, sh- the grin of satisfaction that Joey Janela had sitting there after the spot. That, that evil look? Oh, yeah, that was he great. Was, right at that moment, he was the king of wrestling. There was, he could do no wrong. He was so, so happy. I really <laughs> liked the skateboard covered in tacks, of course, that Darby Allen pulled out. And he ollied up the top turnbuckle. Honestly, for me, up until that point, that was the spot of the night because it was just so perfectly ridiculous and meshed wonderfully into what we were seeing. As a fat kid who had a skateboard and could never ollie, I was kind of jealous. Havoc at at some point is on the the steel stairs and Alan dives off the the apron uh, with the barrel, but... uh, uh, Havoc moves off of the stairs. He took a barrel up with him to the top rope. Yep. And did a nasty plunge onto it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. The barrel shattered. And before, just before he jumped off, JR said, set your DVRs, folks. Janela put the barrel, uh, Janela gets the other barrel into the ring, puts it on Havoc. Uh, but uh, Havoc uh, suplexes. Uh, Janela onto the barrel, kind of with um, with his leg, and then hit- well, the legs go through it, and I swore I thought a piece of wood was gonna just jam right through Janela's leg. I, I did. I, I thought, oh, there it goes. Would- Another eight months out for him, and then they decide, oh, let's pick him up and throw him through the barrel again with the good old fashioned acid rainmaker. And Jimmy Havoc gets the win. I think the good the the I think the good guy won here. I think this is the man that had to win this because if only because and course give me your thoughts if only because um if you if only because jimmy havoc is a very you know he has a cult following uh his fans are very very loud and if you're not familiar with jimmy havoc and his work you've if you've been watching him on aew you'd be like what's so special about this guy i don't get it um, I don't think they're building anything with any of these three guys just yet, so I don't know. I'm going to hold off as to whether or not the right guy won. I actually think Darby Allen is is the better story, and oh, yes, God, this drove me nuts. Jr. goes, he's got a really compelling backstory, folks, and I'm just watching. I go, okay, <laughs> and then he doesn't follow up on that. I'm like, wait, he has a compelling backstory. Tell me, tell me, Jr. Since you are a commentator. <laughs> What is his compelling backstory? Well, no, nah, we're just going to just gloss over that. He he probably couldn't remember it because it didn't have anything to do with uh, uh, football, with with college football or uh, 
you know, amateur wrestling. I could not believe that. I could not believe he left that thing dangling. I'm just like, yes, human interest to get me emotionally invested in one of the players. I will take this right now. Thank you, sir. Nope. Nope. <laughs> the Dark Order defeated the best friends to earn a buy in the upcoming AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament. I swear, I'm, I'm telling you, Jeff, I think... I've said this. I've said this a couple of times on my own show that you can watch on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. That if um, if ever if once the tournament ends, I'm going to calculate to see how many matches all of these people have wrestled. Because I swear, the people who have if you win the buy, I think you've wrestled more than anyone else in the tournament. I am going to defend the Dark Order here. I don't under I don't understand just because they're dirty Canadians who are and all Canadians are horrible people. We we know this for a fact. What? Because, Hang on a second. No, uh, <laughs> I, 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 Stu Grayson. I thought it was Stu Grimson, but it's I guess it's Stu Grayson. <laughs> it should now it should be Stu Grimson. Yeah, Stu Grayson. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Um, AKA the Super Smash Brothers, how I used to know them yeah. in, the, in the Indies. Uh, Evil Uno is my favorite fat wrestler. I don't, he, he's a headhunter. You remember the headhunters yes, from do. the mid 90s? Yep. That's him. I love him. Love Stu Grayson. He's kind of the work rate guy of the thing. I think they have a weird gimmick. I get that it's kind of sports entertaining. I get that. I get the minions are kind of dumb. But I, but I, I I dig them as a team, so I don't mind them winning all the time. And the best friends can lose. I, I know people love Chucky e. T, who's been retiring for the last three years. Um, and and you know and and Trent, <laughs> Trent always looks like the young buck's dad to me for some reason. But um, yeah, no, I, I there was another moment where Jr. I forget Excalibur called a move, and it was a. Uh, it was a it was a pun on T. I couldn't remember what it was, but it was supposed to be in reference to Chuck Taylor, and and, and Jr. just kind of groaned in the background. I just Jr. This this product is not for you. I liked this match. I thought it was fine. I thought that I think the Dark Order are great heels going into a tournament, getting a bye, which gives them more heat because they don't have to wrestle a quote unquote extra match, even though they just did here. Because not only that, they, I, I don't, they had to wrestle to earn a spot in the match that yes. would determine who would get the bye. Yes. I, 
Let's not forget Yeah, she had to wrestle 12 times to get a bye. You know, Let, we, let's just... we always talk about, AEW, about WWE logic. I think we're starting to discover what AEW logic is going to look like. You get to wrestle to have an opportunity to have a championship opportunity in a match to be determined later. <laughs> Yeah, this this match was fun, and I and me too. Like I, I'm, I, I'm huge on uh, on the uh, Dark Order. I think Stu Grayson is going to be a breakout star in AEW. This is a guy that uh, not a lot of people know of who don't or aren't familiar with his work. And once he starts to turn it up, he is going to tear the house down. That guy's fantastic, and I as well knew them as the Super Smash Brothers, and they're fantastic. Trust Fat us, guys doing flips. Fat guys doing flips. <laughs> what more do you want out of wrestling? Um, there was some, there was some. I think this. What was most interesting about this match was all the. Uh, there was a lot of great double team offense. If you're familiar with the with the Super Smash Brothers style of offense, there's some stuff that you've seen here before. But um, Grayson, at some point, he hits a fantastic spinning. And I'm talking about a singles move. Of, Right here, I'm just putting over the tag team moves, and I'm going to talk about a singles move. Good job, Warren. Great, great anchoring. Grayson hits a spinning. Stay focused, Warren. I'm the guy who's supposed to be weird here. <laughs> Grayson hits a spinning top rope dive to take out uh, Ch- Chucky T and the Creepers on the outside, and then, and he was spinning like that. What that that one had a lot of momentum. Um, there's a uh, cannonball senton by Uno on Trent. Uh, they uh, they do their double team day being the Dark Order the uh, Senton 450 combo which I never well, get bored of seeing. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, best friends hit back with a soul food into a half and half suplex combination, which I was like, "Damn, that's uh, that's good." Um, the the uh, Chucky D hits the awful waffle on Stu Trent covers him, but Uno drags him out, and the Creepers take out Chucky in the meantime. And the uh, the uh, Dark Order hit with the uh, finished the match with the fatality. And after the match, when they uh, they carry they start carrying Trent away, but the lights go out. And when they come back on, Jeff Orange Cassidy is in the ring, and he the most a, divisive figure in wrestling right now. And he does a spinning dive onto the Creepers with his hands neatly tucked into his pockets. What the hell is JR doing here? Did did you hear him during this match? I, he, well, maybe maybe the pockets have holes in them and stuff. Is he trying to bury the gimmick? Yep. Is he trying to do that because you're doing a good job of that, JR? If you are, I'm glad you I'm um, glad brought it up. Do continue. No, I'm fine with I'm fine with Orange Cassidy. I I, I, I think he's very he's wildly entertaining. I hope they get the rights to Starships Jane so he can come out to that, which is a great song. Um. But yeah, he came out. He's going to be aligned with the best friends. That's cool. But Jr. just buried him, and I was just like, "What are you? You're supposed to be putting over your guys here." I, I just could not understand that. And you know, if there's two things, the two things that we've gleaned here is that the the best friends and Orange Cassidy are probably going to be a trio, and I like the idea that they're that they're working towards trios as well. I'm not necessarily not asking them necessarily to pull out trios titles, but I like the idea. Of having, of having like little stables of three three people, yeah. just hanging around each other and ha- having each other's back. I like it. And the other thing that we've discovered with this evening is that Orange Cassidy can teleport lethargically, but he can still teleport. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
guys and gals uh, guys and gals this this recap right now that we're doing is brought to you by the grounds guys it's a neighborly company the grounds guys are looking for new owners to join their growing company could this be the perfect opportunity for you right are you driven like jeffrey do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur like jeffrey do you love to be outdoors no not like jeffrey (laughs) but if you are currently running your own landscape business or you think that a landscaping franchise could be your natural calling text ggbiz or z opp to eight seven zero 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 right now to learn more choosing to start your business with the grounds guys means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best the best in the business and the best at business with the grounds guys you'll be your own boss you'll pick your own territory set your own hours and live a better quality of life running a business that you can be proud of you'll have access to the best resources to help you scale your your landscape business to meet your personal and professional goals and you will go home every day with the satisfaction of helping out your customers and enhance and maintain the beauty of their outdoor spaces. As a grounds guy owner, you'll also be part of the Neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to live their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, one million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands. Do you know what some of those award-winning brands are, Jeff? I'll tell you. Mosquito Joe, Molly Maid, Glass Doctor, and, and Mr. Rooter. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or you're already running your own landscaping company, text GGBizOp to 87000. To learn more about how a Grounds Guys franchise can help you get where you want to go faster than going it alone. Again, that's G-G-B-I-Z-O-P-P to the number 87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area. And we really appreciate them supporting this post show. Yeah, landscaping stuff work. And uh, you should be down with GZ. B-I-Z-O-P-P. Yeah, you know me. You know what else is, uh, you know what else is hard work? <laughs> Joshi Wrestling. Bobby Walker? Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> and we got some of that this evening. We got Hikaru Shida versus Rio. And uh, I, I have a question straight off the bat. Because this is a comparison that I make. And I want to get your thoughts, Jeff. Eric Bischoff likes when mm-hmm. when he talks about his, his era of WCW when he took over and he wanted to help differentiate his brand from the other brand. He he talked about the cruiserweights and creating an international sensation, bringing in these smaller guys that weren't on uh, the other brand and uh, exposing the audience to an entirely different type of wrestling. Do you think that maybe somewhere there's a bit of this? That's uh, powering the uh, the uh, the the uh, Joshi undercurrent in AEW because there is one. Well, Ken- Kenny's a big fan of Joshi. Yes. Um, Eric Bischoff says that as lip service, but I don't necessarily believe it because no, 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 I mean between between the fa- whether whether it's true or not because yeah y- y- you know and I know. Oh, 
there definitely is. I, I mean, I, I've said one of the one of the nagging problems with with this women's division right now is they're not sure whether or not they want to be American independent style or Joshi style. And once you start intermingling the two communities is when it's going to be interesting to see which one, uh, which one the crowd acclimates to a little bit more because, you know, you, you have these great Joshi wrestlers, but they do their style of wrestling. You know, they have the, the weird, the, the costumes, um, Mm-hmm. You know, they're a little bit more aerial, um, a little bit more spotty, to be honest with you, than, say, a Britt Baker, so to speak. So, I mean, it's 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 going to be kind of a war of wills for a bit when you're trying to put both of those together, I think. Right. That's a fair it's a fair assessment. <clears throat> I here here's something I want to bring up to you about this match. Go ahead. Is it me or did they have like three three counts in here that were two? Yes, I, I absolutely. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, there's, uh, and I, I think I even made note of one spot. We'll get to it. I I, I loved the pace of this match. It started off really, really, it started really, really quickly and, uh, and it maintained for, uh, for a good part of the match. Um, I loved how they were establishing the fact that, uh, Sheeta had a distinct size advantage over Riho, who Jim Ross said she weighed 98 pounds and that seems unrealistic to me. I know she's small, but 98 pounds, I don't know. There's a jumping jumping knee strike that takes uh, Rio out and a uh, a flying knee as her head uh, dangled over the apron that looked pretty gnarly. Uh, the story early on here again is Rio's size uh, size uh, not Rio's but sorry Sheeta's size advantage, but uh, Rio always trying to come back with her own speed. Uh, she gets a Boston Crab single leg crab into a hanging neck breaker as well. Finally, Rio gets her down with a Rana. Uh, she, uh, trips, uh, she trips Sheeta up into a drop toe hold, goes for a 619, but Sheeta blocks it, gets a stretch muffler in, and Rio rolls her up for one of these first 2.9999999999. Um, there's, a there's, uh, the, the moment, I think the, probably the most egregious moment here is when, uh, um, Sheeta goes for, a, uh, a, not Sheeta, sorry. Rio goes for a Meteora. She hits a Meteora on Sheeta, covers her, and Sheeta did not kick out at three. Like, she just didn't. The referee yeah. just went, no, oh, okay, she kicked One, out. two, stopped counting, and then she kicked out. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, this was a fun match. Look, I, I really, I, th- I thought this was, uh, I thought this was a fun match. Little surprise that Rio won because technically, she, you know, because we, again, we were when we were talking about this in the DMs with the women who didn't do much in the battle royal. Most of them were the women who weren't signed, except maybe for Penelope Ford, and that's a whole other, that's a whole other story then about itself. Real one, she's not signed. Sheeta is signed though. Yeah. And she's here in the States. Um, and I think Sheeta's actually better equipped to go work with Nyla Rose, which is interesting as well. This is going to be interesting because I think Rio has a lot of goodwill with this fan base based on the past two mm-hmm. pay-per-views. Um, and, her, and her connection Nyla, with Nyla Kenny Rose, Omega, let's be honest. Her ki- yeah, and Nyla Rose is an interesting story because it's going to be in her hometown and she's going to have... I mean, she's gonna she's gonna have people behind her because of what she represents. So it's um, yeah, it's just it's, it's an odd mix of styles, and I don't think Nyla Rose is that good of a wrestler, which also makes it 
even more interesting that you're going to have a language barrier, you're going to have a style clash, you're going to have a size discrepancy. Okay, let's do this. You know, <laughs> you know, uh, if there's one thing that I'm fed up with with the other company, it is the underdog babyface story. Well, and, they never tell it well. Well, I'm, you know, they're, they they're still doing it. They're doing it, they're doing it with Chad Gable right now for fuck's sake. Um, but if you know, th- th- Don't this worry, is Chad. Chad's going to lose next week, so it's great. <laughs> they're they're doing they're doing this they're doing this here. You know, the David and Goliath story, and and on on one end that sort of unnerves me because I'm saying to myself, well, you know, if you do want to be different, well, now's the time for you to try and pull out stuff that maybe we're not used to seeing. But you know. Again, they're fledgling. They're coming up. Let's give them a chance to stretch their legs and breathe a bit. Um, but I, I am completely on your side. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm very apprehensive of this match because I don't think Nyla has the stuff to be able to pull this off properly. And look, we saw a couple of weeks. We saw what what at Fight for the Fallen where we had, where we had uh, two Joshi girls with two. Uh, Western trained girls, let's put it that way. And the clash of styles just created a whole bunch of awkward moments uh, until, uh, until well, later. That, that, then the concussion. Then the um. concussion. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little apprehensive of what's. Uh, I am too, but, but we can't, I mean, that that's worrying about things before they happen. Exactly. So, so what, what's the point? What's the point? Cody Rhodes defeated Sean Spears this evening in a uh, in a in a match that started off with some with a great entrance and an interesting entrance. I thought I thought Spears' uh, entrance was really really good. Just sitting on the chair, hood over his head, the the floodlight. I thought it was great. <laughs> the Cody Rhodes' entrance was ass. Let's just say it. <laughs> Well, let's just say it. It was ass. It was ever the Star Trek stuff was dumb. And here's the thing. I, honestly, I think Cody Rhodes is more of a Captain Kirk than a Picard. If we're being honest, because he had he had the Picard thing on. He had the red. And then like, no, 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 no. You're much more of the Cody Rhodes. I buy as him flying around in a spaceship and making out with alien babes, as opposed to being a true leader <clears throat> pharaoh was obviously frightened by the fireworks that was a bad choice yeah he, um, didn't like it. <laughs> he did not like that uh noted service animal uh pharaoh <laughs> that was a whole thing i don't know if you saw that on twitter yes, about taking the, taking the dog on the on the plane uh i liked that they picked the guy they picked mgf who was in yellow which represents security that was that was a nice little touch um I could have done without Sean Spears' contacts. I thought that was a little bridge too far mm-hmm. in terms of style because he had I, everything about the Sean Spears gimmick is fantastic, especially with, and let's just say this, the best part of this match was Tully Blanchard. Mm-hmm. Tully Blanchard is awesome. He's my, and look, I come from a place of huge bias. Tully Blanchard's my favorite wrestler ever. Love the guy. Best promo, one of the best promos ever. The thing he did with MJF had me rolling. 
Uh, what he what did he, he taped his fist he started and then they started his fist. choking each other. <laughs> Killed me. Arn Anderson coming down with a spine buster and Tully going, "What was that? <laughs> awesome." I was kind of hoping Arn would come down. He, Tully, and MJF would just take out all those geeks and walk off. <laughs> the match itself, I thought, was pretty damn fantastic. I love the start of this match. I love Cody just doing that dive just straight and up. saying, it's on, yep. and it's a fight. And I, I loved that. I loved him punching Tully. Exactly. Early on, um, right after the dive, actually, Tully tries to get involved, and, and Cody just goes right for him, punches him right square in the face. And there's a lot of brawling right into the audience, and the audience dug it. They were into it. They felt Tully's or not Tully, but Cody's instincts make. If there's ever a power struggle in this company, I want him to win because his instincts are the ones I want to watch, not anybody else's. And I, I'm loving the slow burn of the MJF uh, turn. I thought that was also very clever. But this match. This match was fine. It was a story match. It wasn't going to be no. Omega and Pac, and, and and they were really they didn't want to tear the house down because you still had, you still had the the ladder match and you still had Jericho's match to go. So I thought that was perfectly good. But and and I mean, that's what that's what Cody matches are. Those are those. That's what the best Cody Rhodes matches are. It's when they're story based. When there's something to tell. If he if he has to depend too much on his in-ring performance or dare we use the w word work rate uh that's where that's where we he starts to we start to lose him he's a he's an in-ring storyteller the uh, the his match against uh against dustin wasn't uh wasn't a five-star classic in terms no. of work rate it was a classic because of the of the drama that was created in there and that's where cody rhodes excels and that's what we got here tonight as well um they they like i said they fought into the audience got back into the ring they started the match they fought on out onto the floor as well um mjf i i like the idea i like the idea how throughout this match they were pointing over the fact that they were underscoring the fact that oh mjf again inexperienced distracting the ref allowing tully blanchard so everyone is like he's gonna do it he's gonna turn he's going to turn tonight He's doing it on purpose. We think that it's uh, that this is accidental or inexperienced, but no, no, no. He, he's going to do it. So I really liked how all of this was being built throughout the match. Um, I like the belt spot where <laughs> where he sneaks the belt behind him. That was great. That was great. And it, it even started with <laughs> he, with Spears taking the belt off and spitting on the belt. Who's that's. He really doesn't like anything about Cody when it's landed mm-hmm. and he has to spit on a belt. But yeah, I love the the, the spot where he goes back and uh, distracts the referee while Tully has his own belt and he starts just pushing it against his back. It's fantastic stuff. But then he uses it a couple of times. They use it a couple of times in front of Hebner and Hebner doesn't disqualify anyone. So I'm like, well, what was this all for? Yeah. Um, the Arn spot was fantastic everyone just went bananas uh spears ate a spine buster <laughs> they did miss a i just with jr arn's going up the ramp and jr saying look at the look on tully's face and we're waiting yeah i kind of want to see that look on tully's face thanks jr um when they finally get to it i would i, I would have I, I mean i know that there's 
probably very, very clear and normal medical reasons for it, but it would have made a lot more sense if Arn came down and took out Tully because Tully was being the son of a bitch as opposed to uh, as, as opposed to Spears. I but, would agree. But, I, but you know, you know, I, I'm not expecting Tully Blanchard at this stage of his life to start taking spine busters from Arn Anderson. Um, Are you kidding? We're getting Tully and Cody next May for you. I'm ready for it. I want this. <laughs> uh, we had the great uh, we had the great exchange, like uh, like you mentioned, between uh, MJF and uh, and Tully. Spears gets uh, gets his chair in the ring, um, kick, and uh, he kicks uh, Spears. Um, uh, sorry, uh, Cody kicks Spears down. Uh, picks up the chair, wants to use it, but but doesn't. Instead, he does the uh, gold dust flurry of punches. The crossroads follows and a disaster kick onto the chair gets the win for Cody on this one. Um, so what do you think is next here uh, in regards of for the in regards of this feud? Because honestly, I thought I thought Spears was going to win here. Uh, we're we're waiting. We're going to wait to see, you know, it's going to be set up in some way in which MJF turns. That's what we're waiting on. So I think this match continues until MJF turns. I There's an inkling in me that thinks Spears eventually has to get baby-faced a bit here. So Tully loses faith in him and then sides with MJF. I do think that's the end game. Oh, here. that's interesting. That's really interesting. The Lucha Brothers retain their AAA Tag Team Championships in the Escalera de la Muerte match versus the Young Bucks. Um, <laughs> this time, I you know I love the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks, but man, when it's time to take notes for these matches, it's all over the place, and there's just... lots of things happen. People fell from high places. Pentagon did Sierra Mero, um and, or whatever it is, and and uh, and, and they have at least they did. Matt almost killed himself when his feet caught the ropes. And he didn't quite get the table God, the way thought, he wanted yeah. to. Jesus, I thought he was. I really thought he was. I thought he was legitimately injured. The mm-hmm. um, at least they got the Sierra uh, uh, Miedo stuff out of the way early because the last few yes. matches that Pentagon Pentagon has been having. He's yes. been doing these spots two or three times during the match, and they're really long and extended, and it it just really kills the flow. So I'm really, really happy they just got that out of the way. Um, I mean, th- this was this was your quintessential spot fest. I mean, I mm-hmm. there is you, you look. This is the textbook de- <laughs> definition of it, Jeff. The story of this match was it was better to put the other guy's brother through a table than to save your own brother. <laughs> <laughs> and I took that from Brian Alvarez, who, who but yeah, every spot was like, the, the, it's okay, it's going to be synchronized, and it's going to be one guy from one team putting the other guy through the other team through a table. I'm just like, man, nobody gives a crap about their sibling in this match, do they? No, no, it's more like, uh, yeah, it's more like uh, you do to me, I do to you, essentially. Um, I mean, there's just some. It was a, it was it was a good ladder match. I wouldn't say it was a great one, but it was a good. It one. was good. And there were, I mean, there was just so much, there was just so much stuff, uh, so much mm-hmm. stuffs happening throughout this match. Uh, Matt Jackson and Phoenix, at some point, they, they roll in and out of Northern Lights suplexes on each other until Matt crashes Phoenix onto the, uh, onto a ladder. Um, there's a springboard Hurricane Rana by Nick 
uh, onto Phoenix against the ladder. There's um, uh, there's uh, uh, there's corkscrews. Uh, there's corkscrews onto uh, pentagons on the floor. Phoenix follows up with that as well. Matt. Um, uh, there, I, a spot that I really liked, and and I tweeted it out because in this kind of circumstance, it's really under it's underrated. But um, Pentagon sort of wraps himself around the ladder to sling Blade Mac Jackson off of it. Mm-hmm. It was a wrestling move, and I liked it. I was like, this that that was really cool. Um, there's a slingshot Canadian destroyer through a ladder that Phoenix does on Matt, and then Penta Canadian destroys Matt through. Uh, the ladder God. onto a table. I thought, I honestly thought Matt Jackson was done there. That was mm-hmm. ridiculous. But the ridiculousness didn't stop there. Um, the, uh, the, one of these spots that you're talking about, the young, the, the, the younger brothers are on ladders outside of the ring while the older brothers are on the tables. And they just, they just dive onto the tables and the referees were there hanging on, <laughs> hanging on to the ladders to make sure no, Nothing, uh, nothing terrible happens. Um, and then soon after this, Nick sets up those, sets up two tables. Phoenix climbs up a ladder. Nick follows him up to stop him. Matt, uh, Matt grabs Phoenix to try and get him off, but Pentagon makes the save. He pushes the ladder and Nick flies off the ladder onto the two tables, but he doesn't fly off far enough. And he only hits one of the two tables. That was a brutal, brutal bump. Um, Phoenix then... Uh, uh, yeah, and then at some point, uh, then Pentagon and Matt are climbing, climbing up. Matt tries to... Uh, uh, the, 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 that's it. Matt and Pentagon are on the ladder. Pentagon, uh, Pentagon is there, but Matt unmasks him, super kicks him, uh, Pentagon then uh, uh, Matt tries to keep climbing up, but then Pentagon, like with one hand on his face, pushes the ladder. Look, there was just it ended with an assisted package pile driver on a ladder, and the Luchas were able to climb up and grab the belt. I really have difficulty taking proper notes for these matches because there's so much stuff happening on all over the place. But then I guess the big story was after former President Bill Clinton. And someone else attacked both teams. Where people in masks, they weren't really really the president. And it was revealed to be Santana and Ortiz, the former LAX. I gotta tell you, I'm excited about this. If only that we won't have to go back to the Young Bucks Lucha Bros well for a little while. Yeah, um, I thought they might be Jericho's surprise in the six-man Mm-hmm. Looks like they're probably not going to be. Um, I guess they're going to go by the names the Berwick was here. Um, yeah, no, they're they're a very good team. I like them a lot. The, this tag team division is great. Only thing it's missing is the Briscoes. <laughs> I, I really would love the Briscoes to be in this uh, depart this this department <laughs> this division. <laughs> yes, it's 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 a usual place of work. Here's the tag team department. Would you like to come look in here, Mr. Briscoe? Yeah, no, but um, they're very good. I'll, I'll be interested to see what they do here. And to cap it all off, Chris Jericho defeated Hangman Adam Page to become the inaugural AEW 
world champion. Let's start mm-hmm. off by saying that it was really cool to see Aubrey Edwards refing the main event. That's she is fantastic. Um, I've gotten to see her up close and personal uh, doing Rise shows. I thought the WWE would pick her up after she was the second referee in the Mae Young Classic. I thought she was, and I, I think she's really, really good. Um, yeah, so so I couldn't be more. And, and they didn't put her on any other matches on this card, did they? No, they didn't. They saved. Mm-hmm. They saved her. They saved it. They made it special. They made it special. So, um, so Jericho and Paige they brawl a little on the outside, get back into the ring until uh, until Paige. Uh, there's a bit of back and forth until Paige nails him with the big boot. Jericho hits a missile drop kick and tries to go for the lion tamer, but he gets dumped to the outside. Paige follows with a suicide dive that everyone just lands right into the barricades. It's a big one as usual. It's the one of the stories of the evening. Jericho uh, tries to do his springboard clothesline, but Paige avoids it. Jericho dumps to the floor, so Paige goes for his uh, shooting star press off the apron, but Jericho counters with a code breaker. And it looked like everyone got hurt on that one, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, there were a few of these. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I, it looked like, uh, like on the one on the outside with the code breaker, it looked like... Uh, he didn't get the full rotation, and, he, and his head almost just kind of landed on his knee. Yep. I wasn't sure if they were supposed to do that on purpose. Um, yeah, I, I I was interested by a lot of calls in this match. I was interested by Jericho getting getting juice, mm-hmm. um, blood and guts. Jericho Jericho winning. I I have some I have some apprehensions about, but uh, continue with the match. We'll talk about that later. Um, well, that's it. Uh, you, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, a bit of back and forth here, uh, where with uh, and at some point Jericho gets uh, gets in control. He gets uh, Page into the walls of Jericho. Page fights out and punch and uh, discus punches Jericho right over the eye, the eye that Chris Jericho. It's an eye for an eye here. That's the, it's a biblical story, Jeff, where basically uh, uh, Jericho got injured uh, over the same uh, over the eye, just like he did to to page a few uh, a few weeks ago and uh and jericho rolls out of the ring and and blades essentially so page is in control here he hits a super swinging neck breaker uh the buckshot lariat he, he tries to go for the dead eye but it's reversed into the walls of jericho page fights fights out of it and edwards forces the break and i like this moment because jericho took offense and sort of shoved aubrey but she got he- right in his face and he yeah, starts it's, to back off. So I, I like the moment here just because I felt it got her over a little bit, and I like that. Well, each of the each of the officials seem to have an individual personality, and it seems like almost Jericho wants to do kind of a Tommy Young Ric Flair thing with uh, with Aubrey, which I, I don't know how much uh, how much and old NWA you've watched, but uh, I know what you're talking in about. In a lot of, in a lot of championship matches, you know, Tommy Young would would you know call for call for like a break at five or whatever and rick flair would get in the face give a bit of a shove and tommy young would give a shove back and usually get rolled up after that or whatever um yeah i liked that i liked uh i almost i almost wanted cheap heat from jericho on that one where it's like you know you're just a woman and just going through bad things about that but i think that would piss off a lot of people but um yeah. yeah, no, I, I hope this this burgeoning thing uh, continues. There's another buckshot lariat um, uh, attempt that ends up with a code breaker and a near fall for Jericho. 
Page takes uh, Jericho down again, hits a running shooting star press, but press, but Jericho lifts his knees again. Jericho goes for another code breaker, but uh, Page catches him, s- slips him into the uh, into the dead eye, but Jericho rolls into a cradle instead. Page uh, kicks out of the uh, out of the cradle, gets Jericho back into the dead eye. He hits it, covers him, and Jericho kicks out. But Page keeps fighting on, hits another back buckshot lariat, gets him into the dead eye again, but it's reversed again, which allows Chris Jericho to hit the Judas effect. <laughs> the, the most deadly, the most deadly move in sports entertainment. And he wins. Chris Jericho wins with the <sighs> Judas effect. It is, it is the most, uh, it is devastating, right, Jeff? Um, ooh, there you go. Uh, Russell Zone reporting Tony Khan confirms Kylie Ray is no longer part of the AEW women's roster. Oh, that's a shame. Mm. I wonder what happened there. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, a back elbow isn't exactly gonna light the world on fire for me uh, in terms of a finishing move. Um, I am still. I don't think Chris Jericho is the right guy to put the belt on for your pilot episode of a, of a TV show for casuals who are tuning in. Yeah, sure, the people watching the pay-per-view get it. I understand the name draw, but I think you need to either have Kenny Omega, who you view as the best wrestler in the world, having it, or Adam Page. And you should have probably done it on the pilot episode as opposed to here. Um well, see, I think that I, I think that this. I, may- I th- well, let me let me let me let me double down on something okay. just so I can sound completely stupid. <laughs> I think the the chase here is the law of diminishing returns. Oh yeah, because because I don't think I don't think you can get Adam Page hotter. Hmm. I, I, yet I, I don't know because I thought this would be the way to do it and it didn't work. So I don't know what they can do right now to make it work. Um, I think that uh, there's a benefit to having weekly television in the case of putting over a guy like Adam Page. Um, I think that because I believe I believe that putting it on Jericho is the good reason. And it's not a question of name draw. It's not a question of him being better known towards the casuals. I think it's the I think it's all on the decision of having Page be put in this situation where no one knows who Adam Page is. Right. Right? So if you want to build him as a credible competitor, a credible threat, you want to get your new AEW audience to know him, well, you do have to build him. And it's I think the chase here is not only a chase as we like to hear it in, in, in general wrestling parlance. It's character building. We will be developing an Adam Page for for the TV audience so that they know who this guy is. Because I think if on the opposite end of the spectrum, because I agree, I agree. Should have put the belt on Kenny. Should have, even if he's an EVP, should have put it on Cody, even if it's, if he's an EVP. Um, <laughs> then again, I thought they were going to put the belt on Kylie Ray and do the Bailey story correctly. So what do I know? <laughs> the, um, uh, by, 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 by by giving us by giving us some time or by when I mean 
by giving us the audience some time to learn to to get to know Adam Page, I think that will be to his advantage. I think that the you know the 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 the, the pay per views leading up to All Out they were they were a little all over the place. They were good shows for the most part, but they were a little all over the place. Not mm-hmm. quite sure, you know how defeating Kip Sabian was that big of a, a character builder for yeah for for Adam I thought Page. that was weak, and especially giving him that much offense in that. Yeah, exactly. So you know, maybe maybe the decision should have been to go with a a stronger name, but I think there is value in building them. You know, Adam Page. By the way, you know he's uh, I've been told that he's good looking. That uh, you know. People have uh, You've been told that he's a good looking guy. I've been told. Yeah, he's no you, but he's good looking. Thank, thank you, Jeff. I mean, he's alive. You're dead. So, <laughs> um, so the uh, so so yeah, basically, so yeah, basically that's it. Uh, the um, I, I, I I you know I think that he has qualities that you want for your viewing audience as well. You know, just in his charisma, his stature. He's a cowboy, you know? He's a yeah, my fear looks. is, my fear, though, is the dusty thing. And and I don't know it, when I say that, that a lot of people know what I mean. So I'll, I'll, I'll say this. When Magnum TA, who was supposed to be the heir apparent, really, as the hot baby face in the NWA territory in the mid-80s, got into a car accident and could never wrestle again, there was a litany of young guys that came in sting lex luger barry windham all of whom could have been given the world title at one time and in every one of their first matches they lost to rick flair because dusty Rhodes, who was the booker at the time decided they weren't just quite ready yet i think also part of it was he was comparing those other guys to Dusty Rhodes, and of course Dusty Rhodes thought Dusty Rhodes was the main attraction. But they never really became the next level stars they could be after the loss to Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. And it was always a matter of, oh, we'll get them the next time. And then there was never a next time. And then by the time they got around to giving the belt to both to Luger and to Sting and to Barry Windham, it was it was all it was already a little bit too late. So that that's my fear with Adam Page. It, it's more of a it's more of a just put the belt on the guy and see what you have, mm-hmm. versus wait to see if he becomes a star and then we can put the belt on him kind of thing. Uh, well, look, we'll see how this plays out because they're going to we're we're going to be confronted with the situation in just a couple of weeks, a little over a month. Jeff, all out. Hey, you know what? It was a long show. It was, especially uh, since I think both of us watched TakeOver as well. Yeah. So we've watched like eight hours of wrestling today. Yeah. But but yeah, no, I mean, it, it, from seven to... Uh... It was still fun. It was still a very fun show, oh, I no, thought. I'm not taking them. Yeah, I thought it was a good show. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was entertaining. Are we, uh, are we in a good spot for the television premiere in a couple of weeks? I think we are. I think it's an interesting place to be. I'm going to be very interested to see what they do. I still think... Man, it feels like they have a lot of guys from WWE production on their team. That's because it doesn't feel different. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't. That's that's the thing that that's getting me right now is that it doesn't feel different from any other major wrestling promotion. Um, but we're in a good place, and I'm interested to see what the on-screen week-to-week product looks like. Like 
the vignette for uh, Mike. Um, I want to say Walford, but I don't know if that's his name. Yeah. Yes. yes. Did you see this? Yes. So that was a straight out of Lucha Underground type of it thing. It was. But it was still fun. So I mean, they're looking to introduce people. They're looking to make characters. They're looking to make tag team wrestling relevant again. We're in a good place here. So that's a, we're going to wrap it up on those words of wisdom right there. Thank you very much, Jeff, for, for joining us this evening. And thank you, everyone, for joining us live or watching. If, if you haven't already, do consider giving the video a like, a nice little thumbs up. And uh, Jeff, why don't you tell everyone what, uh, what you're doing over the next few days? Uh, you can find me at CrapGame13 on the Twitters. Uh, I host a show called Shake Them Ropes on the Voices of Wrestling Network with Chris Novembrino. Uh, since tomorrow's the first, I'll plug this for as little as a dollar. You can get Chris and I's uh, live post-show reaction to NXT TakeOver Cardiff. Uh, that's patreon.com slash shakethemropes. But uh, other than that, we come out with a free show on Voices of Wrestling, uh, usually every Friday or late Thursday night. You can find that on your favorite podcatcher, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple, iPodcast. And just follow me on Twitter because I like to crack wise about wrestling and Warren. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good at that, too. There was a pretty good match today on Cardiff. I don't know if you guys heard one that, you know, might might get you uh, might get you excited. You should t you should take the time to seek out Walter versus Tyler Bate. That was a good one. But uh, as for me, well, uh, you can find me on Fightful Select, of course, doing my NXT 205 Live NXT UK recap shows. Those are coming to an end, though, because I will be joining Sean and Alex on Wednesdays on the reg. We're still not quite sure exactly what we're going to be doing, but we're going to be having some sort of Wednesday Night Wars podcast. It's going to be a good time. We're going to be doing that live, so that'll be fun. And in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes or on my own YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. But thank you all, everyone, for joining us, and thank you for hanging out with us at Fightful, and I'll see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.